Throughout the Bible, God was close to the brokenhearted, and he chose people with mental illnesses to be extremely powerful leaders in Christian history. Today, we will hear from Tina Yeager on ways to overcome loneliness and self-care tips for parents with kids struggling with mental illness. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. Award-winning author, speaker, licensed mental health counselor, and life coach, Tina Yeager encourages audiences to fulfill their potential and guide them on a new journey toward the life of their dreams. She offers a 10-week, 10 minutes a day, subdue stress and anxiety course featuring 15 expert presenters, and she hosts the Flourishment Podcast. Welcome to the show, Tina. Thank you, Leanne. It's always a delight to talk with you. And you as well. I think you are just one of my favorite people. You are always upbeat. You're intelligent. You're always willing to share and help others. And I'm so happy to have you on the show so that you can share your wisdom today with our audience. What steps can children, teens, and adults take to overcome loneliness? I know you're an expert in this field, so please share your wisdom. Well, we tend to become focused on ourselves when we're feeling lonely, and that actually gets in the way of us overcoming loneliness. When we're focused on what we need and getting what we need from other people, it sort of tends to isolate us, and then we see our interactions with other people as they're rejecting me. They're not meeting my needs. They're not doing enough for me. And it becomes so me focused that it actually trips up the potential in every interaction we do end up having. So it sort of creates this self-fulfilling prophecy of people don't like me. They reject me because you're thinking only about yourself. If you start to force yourself to get out of that habit of thinking by choosing different thought patterns, how can I serve others? How can I be the friend I would want to have? And if other people don't receive me, I will find someone who will receive the blessings I have to give to those who need it. When we start serving other people, then instead of trying to get your needs met by getting them to respond to you, they will automatically receive you better. And so that will begin to break you out of the patterns of seclusion because you're seeking to serve by reaching out. And you will also break out of that mental habit of looking at other people as a self-focused sort of, sort of a, a myopic way of seeing yourself. Middle schoolers do this automatically where they think they're on stage and everybody's looking at them, everybody's judging them, everybody's critical of them. We can do that at any age, however. And when we start to get alone and secluded in our own thoughts, and we think about our reactions with other people as far as what they are doing for us and how they're seeing us and it being all about us, we end up in that same kind of middle schooler trap of thinking where we're thinking about only how people perceive us. Instead, think past that to how can I be the blessing that other people need? And then you won't feel lonely because other people will be grateful for what you offer them. Can you give us an example of how you could tell a teenager to do that? A teenager, this is a perfect 
age for this because teenagers tend to be more inclined to isolate emotionally while trying to socially connect. And they tend to also be more self-focused in the way that they are interacting unless they're intentionally choosing to serve. So get your teenager to really recognize what their gifts are. That's the first thing. Make it a strength-based conversation. What are the positive things that you actually have to offer? Is your teenager creative? Are they an athlete? Maybe they can go get with some younger kids who need to look up to an athlete and have somebody encourage them to exercise when they're having trouble with exercise. How can they be a good teacher? Maybe they can help others learn how to do math when they're not particularly as good at math as your teenager might be. Maybe your teenager is really great at music. So sharing that gift of music online or with other people or in your church or in the worship set and either on Sunday morning, if the church allows that, or maybe just during the youth service, or maybe you can just have them bring kids over and they can do a gift sharing opportunity where somebody can deliver a spoken word poem and somebody else can do some music. Just doing some things where you're ministering to other people. You can go to a nursing home, read to somebody who can't read anymore. There are always things that your teenager is good at and having them learn to reach out from their giftedness and be a blessing is a great opportunity for them to recognize how to overcome loneliness, not just now, but as a lifelong practice. I really like that idea because you're feeding into what the teenager likes to do. Yes. And I think that's important also because you're not leaving them out in the cold, like forget all about yourself or what you like or what the things that you want to do in life. Share those things that you like to do. You put a little bit of the focus back on them without it being so self-centered and help them to serve others based upon their gifts. So I really like that idea. How can parents respond to kids or teens when they struggle emotionally? When you see a child, you know, they've just been rejected by their best friend they've had for the last year. How do you help a child through that biblically? Biblically, it starts with, I love you because that's where God starts with us. Let me listen to you because that's also what God starts, how God starts with us. When Elijah was clinically depressed and anxious, God didn't say, oh, how dare you get down? on me. How dare you have a problem? How dare you have issues with your emotions? He did it. He had him rest. He fed him, which is another great way to approach a teenager. How about we cook something together that you like? Get an activity together with that teenager that they enjoy doing and then embark on that conversation. So tell me about how you're feeling down. I know this is hard on you. Can you talk to me about how you're feeling and don't advise them? resist the temptation to offer advice as much as possible when you're trying to be there emotionally for your teenager. I know it's tempting because we feel like we know everything as parents and we want to offer all that wisdom. But every heart, especially a teenage heart, needs to feel valued enough to be listened to. People want to be heard more than they want to be told what to do. All of us, right? Yes, all of us, including teenagers. And we forget that about our kids because we feel like we have that responsibility to advise and give them wisdom. You have a greater responsibility to help them feel loved and they're not gonna feel loved unless they feel heard. So before you do anything, find something that they love, do it with them and hear their heart. Don't just hear what they're saying because if you only hear what they're saying 
or how they're saying it, you're going to hear anger, you're going to hear judgment, you're going to hear criticism, you're going to hear blaming, all of those things that are always on the surface of how we really feel. And when you listen past that, you can say, it sounds like you're feeling hurt. Look for that vulnerable emotion that's behind the anger, the judgment, the criticism, the blaming. And I like that you connected God's word. I think it's so important. We have every example in God's word that we can look back upon and recall and talk to our teens. Well, here's what Joseph did in this situation, or here's what Moses did. And we just have to keep connecting our teenagers to God's word. We do it a lot when they're younger, but we don't want to stop doing that, right? That's right. And making sure that you're listening to them in a way that is showing God's character, not just telling them about God's character. So you can later say, you know, it's okay for you to vent. When David wrote the Psalms, he vented to God about how he felt. He was really betrayed a lot of times by people he trusted, but God heard David's heart. And he knew that David was bringing all of that first and foremost to God. So you can encourage your teens. It's okay to vent angry stuff to God in prayer. Even if it doesn't sound pretty and it doesn't sound very Christian when you first say it, God will hear your heart and he'll let you process it with him for as long as you need to. And then when you're ready to go talk to that person, you've let all the worst cruddy stuff out. When Elijah was in the cave, God asked him, why are you here? God knew why he was there, but he asked him more than once because Elijah was not done venting. And Elijah said the same regurgitated story over and over again venting out his feelings. Let your teenager vent. And if they won't vent in front of you, sometimes they won't. Encourage them to talk to God in prayer and vent. Encourage them to talk to the youth counselor and vent and talk about their feelings. If they're not comfortable talking to you about everything, that's part of the individuation process of having a teenager. So don't feel personally offended or hurt but find them somebody that they will talk to who is a good, safe, mature Christian believer. Wise words, wise words for sure. And this also allows them to understand that they're not alone in their feelings. Teenagers will feel isolated in their feelings and in their thoughts, thinking I'm the only one. And then they're afraid to come forth and express those feelings or those emotions. So this is a good way to show them even in the Bible and throughout history, people have dealt with these situations, these emotions. What are some important self-care tips for parents of kids struggling with mental illness? That is a huge one. It is so hard and so isolating for parents who have kids that are struggling with emotional things, emotional issues, whether they're a disorder level or just emotional struggles, because they get a lot of wrong feedback, even from within the church. There are people who will say very trite things because of their ignorance and not understanding the issues that their parents are dealing with. They may say things like, well, you need to pray harder. You just need to have more faith and your child will be just fine. And and those things are just not any more applicable to a situation with mental illness or emotional struggles than they are to someone who has a heart disease or who has diabetes or any other physical ailment that you may be going through or someone who's going through a financial crisis. You don't say to that person, well, if you just had more faith, everything would just be fine. It's actually an organically centered issue most of the time. There are neurotransmitters that tend to get out of balance. 
And for some people, that is something they're born with. They just have a low level of serotonin and dopamine in their brain, and they need to find out solutions for that. So parents who are struggling with that within their own family need to understand that not everyone's going to understand and be okay with accepting that God understands when the people don't always understand. And you could see some some examples of that in scripture. If you look at those poor prophets who had to go through all the things where they were speaking God's truth, like Jeremiah or Hosea, or you know, even Ezekiel, even David, King David had bipolar disorder. I'm convinced of it. He had all the symptoms of it. There were all kinds of signs that show that David probably had a bipolar disorder, just in the way that he was either way up or way down, very manic in his behavior or very depressive in the way that he was expressing himself. Yet, David was a man after God's own heart. So reminding yourself that God was close to the brokenhearted and he chose people on purpose who had mental health issues to be extremely powerful leaders in Christian history. So remind yourself that your child is important to God and that God is not surprised by the struggle that they're going through. And God is not surprised by the struggle that you are going through. He is with you in it. Make sure that you give yourself time to fill up with God's word, with prayer time. If you need to take turns as parents or find someone to come spend time with your child, you need time for respite. You need time to rest. You need time to pray. You need time to seek the fellowship of mature Christian believers who will be empathetic, compassionate, and understanding with you. I highly recommend you connect with other support groups as well, like NAMI, where people will understand the struggle that you're going through. Look for other Christian parents who have kids who are going through mental health issues so that you don't feel so alone because it can be very isolating and exhausting to say the least. And don't be embarrassed. That's right. This is why I love you, Tina. You're just a breath of fresh air and you're so wise and your words are comforting. And you're offering our listeners a discount code for your course and a few other things on your website. So they can just go to your website, click on the 10-minute turnaround course. The page is listed under services. And then you can access the Subdue Stress and Anxiety course using the discount code YEAG99 to get the course for $99 instead of $189 on your website. Thank you for that. And we will have that in the show notes. And it's a list of de-stressing scriptures, a place to enter to win a free copy of your book, Beautiful Warrior, and also another entry to win swag item or a free copy of your new book, Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose. And again, all these will be on the show notes for our listeners to access. Any last thoughts, Tina? Just know that you are loved and cherished by God, whatever it is that you're going through. He is with you. Scripture says in more than one place, because he knew we would need it, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He is compassionate. He loves you. And when you're struggling, it's not because he doesn't care, but he is with you in your struggles. In fact, we serve a suffering savior. He has already been through the worst of what you could ever go through. He understands. 
Oh, thank you, Tina. And this is how we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.